Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. My name is Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers. I'm the Acquisitions Manager. Um, and today, Melinda and I have a, a guest in Justin Nickerson from Apollo Auctions. Thanks for having me, guys. Good to see you again. Likewise. Welcome back, Justin. Um, regular guest, uh, one of our more popular episodes when we do get you on. A lot of people do like listening to the stats. And, um, you know, as a self-confessed data nerd, I love actually picking your brain about the stats that you share as well, because I know you do keep a lot of stats around the auction market in Brisbane. Um, and it's a market that has changed again since the latter parts of 2022. So we thought we'd get you back on today and um, share a little bit more about what you're seeing and experiencing on the ground. So, um, yeah, looking forward to the episode and sharing your wisdom. I'll throw something to you early, Justin. We've, we did a podcast a little while, like a few weeks ago now, about data. Now, I'm not a data person. You guys probably are a lot more than me, uh, and I know you know Melinda is. And we've talked about the confusion between data of, you know, you look at domain auction results, you look at real estate auction results, you look at all different auction results. And I know you guys tracked it and we used your data at that stage too. So thank you for that. Not that we probably told you about it. Um, but it's interesting how different it is. You know, I think I think by memory, and this is testing my memory, it was something like 30 something percent to about 68 or 70%. There's a massive, massive range. How do people get accuracy? Well, that's a really good question. Um, it's difficult because there's different mechanisms to report it and record it. So um, some companies will call all the agents after the auction. Um, that's when the kind of variances start because some agents will get back to them, some right. won't. Uh, so some of the method, they don't get back to them, it's recorded as no result. So it just disappears out of the results. So all of a sudden, instead of maybe having a data set of 120, you're pulling from a data set of 35, which lends itself to huge spikes one one way or another. Um, some of them will record it as not being sold, which then will affect the clearance rate down. Um, some account for pre-auction sales, some don't. Uh, so there's a whole different kind of variances, variances to it. Um, and unfortunately, there's not kind of one solve all other than ours obviously yeah. but uh, <laughs> not kind of one solve all i know look we could we could definitely verify the accuracy of ours because it's put in at the immediate time on every auction we don't we don't miss any um but also there's certain areas where we might be really geographically strong and we're not strong in others so then our data set may be skewed because we're calling mm. um you know higher profile auctions or lower profile auctions or more business auctions or, or whatever so i don't think there's a perfect solution to it all short of them creating a system where every agent jumps in and logs in and records the auction result, uh, which is probably never going to happen. So we unfortunately just got to kind of um, work with what we've got at the moment. Yeah. And look, I think that um, what we've seen across the um, data sets, regardless of which data house is reporting on the auction clearance rates, is that throughout the first few weeks of 2023, and certainly now that we're into um, the latter weeks in February at the time of recording, we've seen that auction clearance rate increase gradually that's something that you're finding as well yeah absolutely yeah we're up on um, up on late 2022 um but the the drum that i always beat is that clearance rates don't represent buy strength they represent yep. seller sentiment so all we're experiencing now is that more sellers are happy and pleased with the market conditions than we we're experiencing in late 2022 the one we look at from a buyer point of view is bidding registration numbers and then how many of those actively participate both of those are up as well so we're seeing more of the market competing uh, on these properties and then sellers being more happy and comfortable with the result at the end of it 
And I don't know the answer to this um, because it's something that I've not been following, but the volume of auctions week to week, has that been increasing? Because when you say there's been an increase in the number of registered bidders per auction, um, an increase in the rate of bidding for each auction, um, is that because there's fewer listings and therefore fewer auctions, so more buyers gravitating towards fewer properties, or is that a trend, um, you know, that's irrespective of that fact? Well, the volume is up on late 2022, but it's down on the same point of last year. Yeah. So I think the same point of last year and early 2022, we were coming off the back of the frenzy of 2021. Yeah. So there was a lot of auction campaigns being run because people still saw it as the best forum for competition. Um, late 2022, when the market had cooled or, or um, had started to hesitate more, uh, people some people shied away from auctions. The auction numbers did drop. They've definitely gone up from where they were late 2022, um, but still shorter where they were early early 2022 but um i think it'll continue to to grow for the year i think you know the, what we have now is a lack of supply to the market there's not a lot of listings out there so while that continues to be present competition will be present and then auction numbers will continue to be strong i think do you think auctions in the future like do you think well i know that we've talked about again auctions in brisbane have probably never been the, the biggest trend yeah they started to change like when the market went a bit crazy everyone jumped onto auctions softened down a little bit people are probably starting to negotiate do you think going forward it'll pick up and auctions will become more of a common way that people will sell? Yeah, I think so. I think that the the hangover of 2021 will be that a lot more people got a lot more comfortable with auction mm-hmm. um, agents, buyers, sellers. So that hangover then sort of continues to, to increase and increase again. It's funny, auction volumes we find spike when the market's really good and they spike when the market's really bad. So mm-hmm. when the market's really good, people want to auction. So it's mm-hmm. property to auction. When the market's really bad, people are forced to auction. So you start to see a lot of mortgage properties, financial distress auctions, um, etc. So either way, I think that our market will, I think our market will continue to be stable, but I think auction numbers will continue to grow. There's just a deeper understanding now than what, what there was maybe four or five years ago. Yeah, and it's more transparent. That's that's what I, mm. you know, I look back, yeah. I never used to like auctions years ago, but now, and for years now, yeah, I like auctions because you know what they want to pay and they know what you want to, it's just we, transparent. Yeah, we talk about transactional transparency, it's a term we use a lot, and that's what auctions are. They're, they're transparency around the transaction. We have buyers that say to us, I don't like auctions, and we say, well, do you like multiple offers? And they say, I don't like that either. So, you know, the only, I think every buyer if they had their dream, what would happen, Scott, is that the agent will walk up to, the, to them and say, hey, we've got this property for you. Here's exactly the amount you pay to buy it. You can have whatever conditions you want. Don't worry, there's no competition, so take as much time as you need. Our seller will wait, and you can buy it that way. Now, that's just not realistic. Okay. So to buy the property, you're probably going to have to go down a path that you don't love, whether that be... Um, face-to-face competition, which is auction, or perceived competition, which is multiple offers. Justin, you mentioned um, a little while ago around the fact that auction numbers generally tend to increase in a market that's not a great market where there's more forced sales, um, et cetera. Have you seen any evidence of that um, on a mass scale in Brisbane? Not on a mass scale, no. Um, what happens first is before you see the actual mortgagee auctions, you see the, the financial distress ones, which are people that are selling because financially they're in a bit of a jam. We might have seen a handful, but not on any wide scale yet. Mm. Um, I think the thing that people underestimate, and we have buyers say to us all the time, but we're going to because interest is going to go to level and people are going to be forced to sell their property. But when banks 
loan money to people, they don't loan to 100% of what they can repay anyway. They always build in a buffer as to what that that interest rate could climb to. Um, and I think there's still a bit of room in that buffer in most, most people's situations. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I don't know if we will see it. Um, I certainly think the doomsday scenarios aren't necessarily correct. Um, I think it will continue as it is for a little while yet. And it's interesting because we always, um, you know, uh, consumers are very influenced by media messaging and yeah. we see some really big headlines. And from week to week, even as buyers agents on the ground throughout Brisbane, we can see that that um, buyer volume shift or the confidence level shift in buyers just from a big headline during the week that might come out in the career mail, which is amazing when, when that happens. Um, but when that does happen, obviously that can also influence on on what happens at an auction. Do you see big headlines influencing, you know, what buyers might be saying to you at an auction if if something yeah. um, gets to the point where you're negotiating? Yeah, positively and negatively. Um, yeah. I, it's sometimes not even buyers, sometimes it's sellers too. Yeah. We had articles coming out last year that were based on historical data that were saying, you know, um, your house price has gone up by 11% in the last quarter. When we knew the market was starting to hesitate and that Saturday, that Sunday, that next week, we're dealing with every seller that has put their reserve up by 11% yeah. because yeah. they're told that they should. Um, the other thing is buyers, you know, are react do react in the moment where they see an article and it says property prices are crashing and it's going to be horrible and they'll they'll talk about that negotiation. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, this is our money and when the market's crashing, we read it this morning and like, well, that's that's not necessarily a reflection of what we're experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was having this conversation with someone only only about an hour ago where we spoke about the fact that the, the unfortunate, the hard part about the media is they're working on historical data. And that's generally a cycle or a quarter behind. Mm. So, you know, they've reported now how sort of negative the market is when we're experiencing a positive market. It was the same in early 2022. They were reporting it was booming, it was soaring, where we were already starting to see it hesitate. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's not their fault. That's because the data takes a while to collate, then gets produced and then gets um, passed on. But it's just a reality of the situation. Yeah, and it's interesting because there is that data lag. We talk about it a lot on this podcast um, because a lot of people do rely on data, but I think being out on the ground, experiencing what's happening, not only at a city level or a suburb level, but at a property level, because you could be in the same suburb and look at three different properties and have a very different level of buyer demand on every one of those properties because people buyers are becoming a lot more picky and choosy about what they're most interested in. Are you finding the same with properties that you know, perhaps um, are not, um, they might have impacts right now, buyers sort of trying to negotiate value down during an auction because of those impacts more so than they were previously. Yeah. See, Scott, I like it. It only took about six or seven minutes for Melinda to drag it all to data. No, the <laughs> last five minutes. Yeah. I didn't take long at all. Um, yeah. I think that what happened was in, in 2021 in particular, the buyers, the primary driver was a fear of missing out. Yeah. So when your primary driver is a fear of missing out, small issues aren't really issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, we can put up with that or we can do that because our biggest fear is that the train's going to go past that station and we're not going to be on it. So we just want to get on. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter what cost. When that fear shifts to what it is now, which is fear of overpaying, then little issues become big issues because, okay, it gets overland flow or it's got road noise or rail noise or um, needs this and needs that. I don't want to buy a property that's going to make it difficult for me to sell it in two or three years and I'm left holding the bag at a higher level and then I can't sell it and and, um, and recoup it. So those little issues then become larger issues and more present. It's funny. 
What you just said a minute ago, and I, I can share what I actually wrote down on my bit of paper underneath here. I actually wrote down on the ground, yeah. and you talk about Melinda going into that data, and I actually wrote down that I want to come back onto the ground. What <laughs> we actually see, and we talk about this, and this is probably how we bounce off each other a bit. I love to know how marriage works. <laughs> in that, Melinda would say there's a 66% chance of you doing dishes tonight, Scott. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> So what we talk about with people is what we actually see, yeah. the numbers we're seeing at auctions, the numbers we're seeing at inspections, um, obviously listings, we know that, listings are low. Um, we try not to listen to the media. Um, but what we're seeing on the ground, and you did touch on it about, you know, the data you're seeing with numbers and registered bidders, vendors meeting the market, things like that. As, a, as someone independent on that side of it, what do you see at the moment as in do you see the numbers turning up, the people are there, obviously listings are low, but that's, as I said, that's not uncommon, um, not unknown. But are you seeing that sort of numbers still pretty high? Yeah, it's interesting you say that around, you know, what that media influence. We have a lot of Saturdays where we might get to auction number 11 or 12 on the end of the Saturday and we're going to a negotiation with the buyer and the buyer's like, oh, you know, I'm not going to go high, the market's stuffed, it's no good. And you're like, well, this is auction number 11 for me. We've sold eight from 10 so far. So the market's actually very strong. Yeah. Right? We're seeing it at the forefront. And they don't really believe you. They're kind of like, nah, well, I'll believe the Courier Mail because I read that mm. this morning. And so, well, this is actually right now live um, live data. So I think it's a little bit being property and area dependent. So if it's a product that the market really likes, mm -hmm. numbers have been really strong. We got an auction coming up tonight where they've had 99 groups through in three weeks. Like mm -hmm. markets responded really favorably yeah. to it. Um, but then if it's got some small issues, that's when you start to really pull back and there's less inspections, less inquiry, less offers, um, and it become, becomes more challenging. So it really is a little bit of kind of product and area dependent yeah. as to what you have. But yeah. if you have what the market wants yeah. in a particular location, um, then the market, the inspection numbers are still quite healthy yeah. and quite strong. I don't think we'll see what we saw in 2021 yeah. maybe ever again, like there was just numbers that were just mind-boggling. Yeah. Um, remember there was one auction that we ran not too far from here around in Lutwich and they launched it on a Thursday or a Friday. They had 78 groups through the first open home. They had 15 offers. So we ran the auction the following Tuesday, sort of a four- or three-day auction campaign. The day that we ran the auction, they announced the Olympics being in Brisbane. So it was like this perfect storm. Yeah. We did it on Tuesday night in the middle of darkness. There was probably 150 people there. 22 registered bidders opening bid comes in miles above the highest offer um, and there might be three bids and then sold. Yeah. Like we, mm. we might never see that again. No, well, no, no. I don't think we want to do it. Well, I do. That's <laughs> like, where we have conflicting agendas. That's an option here I do, but uh, maybe not from your perspective. But I think that we, the other thing that happens is we judge what we're in now more harshly because what is fresh in our memory. Yeah. So we turn up now and we have three registered bidders at an auction and we feel like, oh, that's a little bit disappointing. Whereas three registered bidders is still a great yeah. outcome and, and suggest that the property should be sold. Mm. It's because we come off a market where if you had less than 10, it was. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, we used to joke that you turn up to an auction in Southeast Queensland pre 2021. And you'd have three registered bidders and you'd just about pop out the champagne and spray everyone down before the auction started. <laughs> um, and then our expectations change. So we've also got to just remember not to be prisoners of recent memory yeah. Yeah. Um, and understand that three registered bidders means we have three buyers who want to buy the home in a favourable position with their conditions on the day. That's more than enough to sell it because we only sold to one of them.
And do you find, I know that, you know, one of the other indicators you look at is the number or the percentage of people who are registered that then place a bid. Um, Obviously, with an auction campaign in Queensland, certainly here in Brisbane, uh, there's no price guidance provided on a listing. So, you know, that's unlike other states. And a lot of our listeners are, you know, based in other states around Australia where they might get price guidance from the agent or a quote range, as it's called. Um, We don't get that here. So when you're turning up to an auction, you've really got... Not much idea around value except for the research that you may have conducted yeah. on your own. Obviously, buyers agents would do that research to help their clients understand value, but for other independent buyers, you know, they're doing their own research. Do you find that or, or can you speculate the reason that people might not bid is because they may not have understood value and therefore they just don't get a chance to bid? Or do you think it's because they're nervous and uncertain? Like, And probably that's a hard question to answer, but maybe you could provide some I think some it's insight. more the second one because I think the even if they haven't gone to the nth degree and engaged you guys or someone similar to you, we've got more information that's accessible now than any other time in real estate history. Mm. So yeah. you take a buyer back 10 years and they had – one fiftieth of what we have available to them now. We have recent sales. We have comparable listings. We have median sale price data. We have historical data. We have every. We have suggested ranges that can be inaccurate at times. We have all these things that buyers never had before. So I think the chance of a buyer not being researched or turning up and being well away from the market. Um, is unlikely. Mm-hmm. They can be well away from the seller's expectations, but not well away from the market, yes. which is two different things. Um, and if they do, they only do that once. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they turn up and they get blown away off the park and they realise that something's got really flawed in their research. That only happens to them once because they'll do more research and, and be in a better position next time. So I think most of the time it's nerves. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a combination of nerves and not being fully invested in the property. Yeah. So they will turn up and they'll go, you know what, we don't love it. We like it. It doesn't suit everything, but if we got it at the right figure, value would compensate for what we don't love about it. But we're going to see what happens because we don't want to lead it because we're not that committed to it. And that's what stops most people from bidding, I think. I think that nerves is, yeah, that's huge. We see that a lot where people will go to an auction and they're nervous and they don't want to put a bid in. All of a sudden it passes in and they're in the room negotiating and you don't know what the other person's going to pay. Yeah. So it's so unknown and then they could probably buy it later on for the same or similar or yeah. higher than what they probably could have bought it at the auction. Like, and people we, are just nervous. Yeah, we use a football analogy that it's like, you know, go play a game of footy. The best thing you can do is touch the ball in the first minute mm. because then your nerves are gone. Yeah. So mm. as a bidder, the best thing you can do is place an early bid because the nerves then disperse. You're like, okay, we're a part of this now. We've seen the way it works. It's not that scary about how we how we um, actually bid or anything of that nature. So that's the best thing we can do. I think bidders that turn up nervous, waiting for the perfect time to bid, it'll never appear. So you only take the take the moment to make it perfect. It's not going to actually present itself. Justin, let's add some real value for our listeners here. If a bidder you is... You haven't done that already. Say we've got some listeners that are looking to bid at auction in Brisbane yeah. in the coming weeks or months. Um, it, say they hold the bid and um, it's not yet been called onto the market and an auctioneer invites them in to negotiate directly. Um, now, the, the purpose there is um, to help the buyer understand where the seller's expectations might be and, of course, bring a seller and a buyer together. Do you have any advice for buyers that might be in that situation? Because I, I expect some buyers think, well, I'm not moving because there's no one else that's prepared to pay this for this property. 
But is that the right mindset for buyers to have going into that sort of negotiation? Yeah, we um, we mentioned this in the conversation we had earlier around that there's always two battles a buyer needs to win. One is beating competition. The second one is satisfying the owner. Mm. So whether they choose to do that before the auction, on the floor, in a bedroom, the bedroom of negotiation, which we always joke about, Linda, <laughs> or after the auction, you're still going to have to satisfy the owner. Because if right. you don't satisfy the owner, you're not going to buy it. Mm. Um, so... I think they've just got to go in open-minded and think, okay, now let's work with the agent or the auctioneer and, and the seller and try and find some common ground on it. Yeah. Where we find we struggle is when a buyer walks in with a fixed mindset that just shuts everything down instantly, uh, we're not going to move. So you tell the seller we're not going to move. Well, the seller's not accepting your offer. So if that's your position, the whole thing ends now and we'll walk back outside. Um, we find this a lot when people have um well-meaning relatives in with them mm. so maybe the the brother or the dad or the sister or the the cousin who might have done real estate for 10 minutes or bought and sold a lot of houses as they they're very happy and quick to tell you um they will go in and they'll then take over from the buyer and try and dominate the conversation mm. you go tell the sell this and sell that well firstly we're dealing with these people and not you so any input that you have is through them not directly to me secondly is you've got to work with this person in the transaction because if you're not going to work with them they're not going to work with you we're not going to find common ground mm. you're not going to buy the home mm. and unfortunately and this is a hard thing for you to hear but you have what the, they have what you want mm. which is this house yeah. mm. absolutely and you're the one that needs to change that otherwise yeah. they're going to keep living here mm. <laughs> so yeah. you can't live here they're going to keep living here and i assume you want to live here because you've already held your panel up three times so mm. let's mm. let's not put things that throw up barriers straight away let's try and break barriers down let's find some common ground yeah, at the end of the day you're trying to get Two parties together. Yep. That one wants to sell, one wants to Everyone buy. Everyone's the same thing. And actually get yeah. together and negotiate. Yeah. Even though you're in between them. Yeah. They may want different ways of how it happens, but ultimately, is everyone wants the same outcome. This is where we talk about you guys as buyers agents and us as auctioneers. We we actually want the same thing. You walk into an auction representing a client. I walk in representing the agent, the owner. We want the same thing, which is for us to knock the hammer down. Yeah. You want it obviously to be to you, and you want to do it for the best possible price. Um, competitively, we want it for the best possible price on the high end, but functionality, we want the same thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. And I think that's really good advice. So, you know, if you're going into that negotiation um, when an auction does pause, don't assume that just because there's not another buyer in the room or at the auction that's yeah. prepared to pay more that that the seller should meet your expectations. And we hear this all the time, Linda, where buyers will say to us, well, this is the market and I'm the market. So, well, mm. your representation of the market, absolutely. This is the unconditional market, but don't take that as a reflection of everyone. And that's where I was leading with my my next point. It does not mean that there's not someone that's prepared to pay more for that property yep. with conditions. And absolutely in the last few months, we've seen those conditional buyers, um, you know, sometimes um, they're just not ready to to be bidding under auction yeah. conditions. It doesn't mean to say that they don't see value at a higher level. And as soon as an auction passes in, it opens up the negotiation um, table to anybody that might be a conditional buyer as well. That is, they might have a finance condition um, that they need to place with their offer because they've not been able to bid under auction conditions. And I think that's a really important thing for people to know. And in Queensland, there's no um, there's no right. Just on that in one second, and you know what you're going to say here is the other thing that we say a lot is that if there's four registered bidders, what you're going to do is if you don't capitalise this opportunity now is you're going to give those other three bidders a chance to regroup, mm. rethink about things, and potentially unlock finance that they may take them to a higher level as well. So yes. not only are you competing with other people post, you're also competing with 
these people that you're already competing with, but giving them a chance to go again with at a higher level with conditions. So Absolutely. you're at your competition level as well. So you're going to say first rights negotiating queen. That is exactly what I was going to say. Sharing the listeners what that means. Yeah, so it's a bit of a myth that exists in Queensland, born out of southern states, where in New South Wales, effectively the highest bidder at the auction gets first right of refusal after the auction. In Queensland, it doesn't exist. Mm. So if you don't buy the property during the auction, you as the highest bidder have no special right of recourse over any other bidder or anyone conditionally interested. Mm. Um, What is supposed to happen is property gets passed in, everyone gets equal opportunity. So then more than likely what happens is it goes forward into a multiple offer situation. And we all know how multiple offers work. They're horrible. There's no transparency. Mm -hmm. Here's your sealed envelope. Put your best foot forward. You might lose it by $100 and you don't know, but that's the way it goes. I was just about to say, if people are scared at an auction, they should be more scared at multiple offers because... You don't know. It is so unknown, and it's best and final offer. Yep. You don't get another crack. We, um, we bought a property last year, and we, we missed out an auction. We bid an auction up the Sunshine Coast. This is when the market was really hot, so it's actually 2021. 48 registered bidders at the auction we missed out at. So we didn't get it, um, unsurprisingly. Then we bought another one two weeks later from multiple offers and give me the auction any day of the week. Mm, you know, yeah. How many offers are there? We can't tell you that. Mm. Okay. Any idea where we're sitting there? Oh, we can't tell you that. Yeah. You know? yeah. And we, we could have paid 100 grand more than next time. So we have no idea. No. And you will never know. Never I think know. that's the, the hardest yeah. thing with multiple offer. Um, and I think that it's really good to that you've shared that um, first right of refusal, the difference between Queensland legislation and other states, because we have buyers that we represent from southern states that yeah. don't understand that. So it's very important that we explain that. Um, so it's really important for bidders that are at an auction to understand that just because you hold the highest bid and it passes in, it doesn't give you any rights over and above any other bidder or any other buyer post-auction. And that's why we stop to negotiate during the auction. Yeah. So what happens in some of the states, a lot of they won't stop to negotiate during an auction. They'll simply pass it in and deal with the buyer. It's the same conversation really anyway. Mm. In Queensland, we mitigate against that by giving the highest bid of the right during the auction. Now, if they don't want to capitalise on that right, then that's okay. We will go out and we'll pass it in and then it will open up to everyone and and we say to them, look, if you've got more money in the tank, now's the best time to do it because we can walk 10 steps, 15 steps up a up a uh, into a bedroom and walk back down and give you an answer instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you feedback to your offer. Say, no, that's not going to buy it, but this will. The second that we go post-auction, you lose that ability. Mm-hmm. You're going to give everyone else a chance to go in there. You get no feedback on your offer. The only feedback you get is, yes, you bought it. No, you didn't buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's the biggest thing when you talk about that, that the negotiation side of it. It's not a standoff. No. It's a negotiation. Yeah. And 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 you look at pro- buying property, whether it's through auction or private treaty, if you get to negotiate, that's actually what you want. Yeah. Mm. You're in a position to negotiate, not, well, they're going to counter. And if it's private, obviously they do a counter offer, yeah. things like that. Auction's exactly the same. Mm. There's a counter. There's you bouncing between, yeah. but it's negotiation. And it's quick. Mm. You know, private yeah. treaty negotiations can take hours, days, weeks, mm. months, um, years, sometimes, you know, auction negotiations fast. Yeah. So it yeah. gets to a point of resolution quicker. Yeah, makes perfect mm. sense. Um, Justin, thank you. I'm very conscious that you've got to go up and call uh, about 10 auctions yes, uh, later right. this yeah. afternoon. So we appreciate you coming back on to our podcast today. Um, and, yeah, all of the, the information that you share is of great value to our listeners. So thank you. And I think yes, that anyone that's listened um, that's looking to bid at auction can take away some of the, the tips that we've discussed today and implement that, um, you know, into their strategy on auction day. So a quick 
update them with, well, to give people an idea, you've got about 10 auctions tonight and I think about 13 tomorrow. Yep. So the market's not too bad, is it? No, no it's going okay. <laughs> it's only taken me 15 years to get to those numbers, Scott. That's all, but um, yeah, you, the market's, market's going well. And you're good at it. So, mate, well done. We, yeah. we, we always like going to your auctions and having a, having a laugh and, and getting some jokes. Most of the time, we'll this expense. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. I won't go there. <laughs> um, look, I really, really appreciate it, um, you spending the time over here having a chat with us. Um, as usual... I will let Melinda wrap it up. Thanks again, Justin, for coming and have a chat. We'll, we'll talk again, no doubt. Um, thanks very much for listening and bye for now. Yes, thanks, Justin. Appreciate everything you've shared today. And thanks to our listeners once again for tuning in. As always, if you've enjoyed our content and you would like to share this episode with friends and family, please do so. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes and we look forward to speaking with you again next week. Thanks so much. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and, of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.